This episode of Tales of the Voidfair is brought to you by all the awesome patrons over at the Project Derailed Patreon. If you are a fan of this show and all the other podcasts we create here at Project Derailed, you could join this legion of elite champions yourself over at patreon.com slash projectderailed. A single $5 subscription tier gets you access to patron-exclusive channels on our Discord, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast called Derailed Off the Rails. Thank you everyone for your support. We wouldn't be able to do it without you. You know, we joked the last time that we all forgot how to do this and then um, proceeded to not record any new episodes for like a month and a half. <laughs> so it only made it worse. <laughs> uh, everything was pretty smooth for the most part, with the exception of one person. That person should be fired. <laughs> oh, so we're we're going to ignore my 10 minutes of trying to get my mic to work and just pick on Nick for his 30 seconds of mic problems just now because i'm down with that I, I, yeah i think i think he was referring to you oh god damn it oh okay <laughs> oh none of that was caught on mic though nick flubbing We're, was all over my yeah so it does sound true. like i'm talking about myself <laughs> yeah let's fire me okay um yeah all right bye nick <laughs> Tom, you know you have enough of the notes, right? Yeah. I mean, we're not going to catch your audio, but I'm sure you're fine. We'll be yeah. Right. <laughs> Quick, run into Fiona's room and just yell yes. <laughs> Blink twice if you agree. Oh, are we on video right now? I should. Someone should have told me. I record just myself personally for OnlyFans. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Mm. Uh, sure. That makes sense. I'm in fact naked. <laughs> <laughs> So how's everybody been doing? It's been a second. I've got to, I'm just going to move on from, I was, from that. Uh, yeah. I yeah. was good until one minute ago. Now I'm yeah. fucking horrible, Nick. Uh, <laughs> no, everything's good. How about you, bud? Good. Yeah, this is actually our first time recording uh, in the new year. Um, yeah. Jesus. With, yeah, it took us a whole month to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Um, I really should be fired. <laughs> nah it's fine luckily we planned enough of a, a lead time on our episodes that it wasn't an issue but yeah uh it is good to be back i did have to go and remind myself what the fuck is even going on i didn't forget no i didn't think you would i knew exactly what i was going to do this episode <laughs> we've held you on pause for a month and a half yeah <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, yeah, I mean, without that, it would only seem rude to uh, to draw it out even further. Do we want to jump into things? Let's do it. Sure. Yeah, let's go. Great. Roll for initiative. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My ravenous die to give myself the best chance. Once we have initiatives, I will uh, reset the scene here and we'll jump into it. That's a depressing initiative. Oh, no. <laughs> ah. I might just have to let sleeping dogs lie at this point. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did anybody get higher than a 20? 22. Damn, Ramnus is ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> 15 to 20. All right. 10 to 15. I got a 13. And what did Marco get? Two. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not great. I'm not stopping shit. <laughs> Good lord. I'm still smiling. It's a, there's blood flying everywhere. <laughs> Jesus. Wait, who are these people? I guess this is fine. <laughs> Why are they splitting twain? <laughs> All righty then. So, if you recall, Ravnus, you went on your own little side adventure. Initially... <laughs> 
it might be hard to remember. This all started because you were keeping an ear out for uh, any word of your previous ship and its crew, the Vlacketh Scowl and mm -hmm. its captain, Yastrara. You grabbed a drink at the Block and Tackle, listening for any word of Githyanki raiders in the system and not really hearing anything. You did notice one suspicious thing occur. A tiefling came and attempted to discreetly deliver a message to the bartender and you followed this tiefling out and into the market. And that is when you realized that your sword was glowing. You confronted this individual and quickly determined that they were not in any way related to your sword glowing and then backtracked and it led you to Fluke Gadgets Fine Gadgets, uh, a small tinkerer's shop in the Sutler district of Nadir Anchorage. And you just so happened to run into Marco, Hannah, and Flapwing on the way there who followed you because you said, mind flayers are afoot. Upon entering the shop, you reunited with Amanthi Fluke Gadget, the gnome artificer that gave you your clockwork pendant way back in the first chapter of Tales of the Voidfarer upon the Stoic Gondolier. And she didn't seem to know what you were talking about when you said, where are the mind flayers? And that is when her father, Stubbins Fluke Gadget, who was, if you recall, sick when you met him the first time on the Stoic Gondolier, emerges from the back now seemingly a gnome-sized mind flare. With 22 initiative, Ravness, it's your turn. All right. Um, I am going to go up and attack this okay. gnome mind flare. Sure thing. Ha ha ha. Um, so for my first attack, let's see if I remember how to play this game. 18 and 7 is 25 to hit. That'll hit a little bit. Okay. And then that'll be 11 damage for the first one. Okay. And she's going to hit him. Uh, how does he look after that? I mean, he stumbles backwards and everyone is shouting. I, <laughs> he, he's, yeah, he's still alive though after the first hit. Okay. Then for the next one, that is going to be, um, that's a little bit worse, an 18. Uh, that does hit. Okay. And then, oh, I'm rolling so bad on these. Um, that's going to be 15 damage. Okay. And then for the last attack, that is going to be 19 and 9 is going to hit plus the damage. 15 plus 3 is 18. And then she's going to blow her action surge. Um to take an additional action and attack. So, Nicholas, knowing D&D, &D, if I action surge and take another attack action, uh, do I attack an additional three times or an additional one time, to be clear? Uh, I believe it's all your attacks again. Okay, well, he's gonna take three more hits. Okay. Okay, so, for my next attack, um... Is that a seven or a one? That's a one, so that one misses. Okay. Um, but that is a 15, which gives me a 24, which is going to hit. And the damage is um, 14 plus eight is... 22. Okay, I believe you. And then my last attack is going to be 18 to hit. Actually, after the last hit, he goes down. Okay. Um, coup de gras. <laughs> okay. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, that is going to be 16 more damage. There's nothing any of us can do to stop her, right? Well, my turn's over now. Well, so, I kind of meant before you absolutely demolished this person. <laughs> <laughs> so it's all happening instantly. Yeah. I'll describe the scene how it plays out. Mm. I think the minute this mind flayer stepped around the corner into the doorway, I think Ravnus flies across the room and immediately lays into him. Yeah. Everyone starts shouting. Amanthi goes, what are you doing? And uh, you see the uh, the Warforged uh, clanks, this huge, super wide-shouldered Warforged, begin to lunge towards Ravnus as she just starts hacking into this thing. And it lets out a yell. 
and stumbles backwards on the first two hits, like basically falling onto its ass as Ravnus is now standing over it, just hacking into it, and it goes unconscious. So with your last hit, um, so that that's a critical, so it's basically two death-saving throws yeah. immediately. Uh, but I can't death do death-saving throws. And yeah. then you're done. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it is now Hannah's turn, and she goes, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> because she's just seeing chaos erupt. Uh, so she's actually going to look to Flapwing and Marco for direction here and not do anything immediately. Uh, Flapwing, it's your turn. Um, God, I guess I'm going to tackle Ravnus. I mean, did I see the sword light up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, the guy she's attacking is a, a mind flayer, but... yeah. Not a normal mind flayer, as you understand it. Yeah, I know. And now we're doing the stupid-ass D&D thing of like, well, is every person from this race evil just because they're an evil race? But it's something that I guess we need to do. Um, <laughs> all right, yeah, I'm tackling Ravnus. All righty. What is this, a strength uh, contest or what? Uh, yeah, it'd be an athletics check. Ravnus, okay. you can make athletics or acrobatics to resist. Okay. Uh, I got a 12. 18 plus 8 is 26. <laughs> yeah, I never did it. <laughs> it's cool. Hey, Ravnus doesn't even look at you, just puts out her hand on your forehead, and you, your arms just can't reach. <laughs> okay. Uh, Ravnus, that is going to be a 21 to hit you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I was I was using my two-handed with the with the uh, sword, so I wouldn't be holding my shield. Okay, you take thirteen bludgeoning damage as Clanks lunges across the room and just punches you square in the face. He's gonna do that again for eighteen. What was your AC currently? Um, so it would be a seventeen right now. Okay, so he hits you for another thirteen bludgeoning damage and then a third attack is a critical hit, so that's going to be, I'll actually roll this way, 21 on the last hit. Okay. Um, it's Amanthe's turn. She's going to run sliding between your legs, and you see her pull out what seems to be like some sort of like clockwork contraption that glows with a yellow light as she presses it to this little mind flare, and it appears that his wounds begin to heal somewhat. Damn it. <laughs> hmm. Marco. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so she's healing him now, right? So he's not, like, on, on the cusp of death's door? Yeah, it's, it, it appears that he is being healed. He does still seem to be unconscious at the moment. Or at the very least, has not stirred yet, but... Yeah, you could see that it does look like his wounds are healing. Okay, so, like, as long as his wounds are healing, then I don't have to worry about healing him. Right. Yeah, cool. Hmm. Um, shit. I feel like there's just, like, a lot of options, and all of them are awful. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fuck it. I'm going to go for it. Um, I'm going to run up and try to hold person on Ravnus. Okay. Tanner, how could you betray me like this? <laughs> I don't want to hear about it. Luckby tackled you first. <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, tackled. but it didn't work. Tackled, quote unquote. <laughs> I'll have it be known that I knew I was going to fail. <laughs> I'm trying to use whole person screaming, Ravnus, wait, wait, just one second. It is a wisdom saving throw. DC is 16. Okay, wisdom saving throw. Oh, I'm bad at that. That's an 11, so I am held. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah, Ravnus, you immediately, you, uh, you hear Marco's words ring out, and then um, immediately all of your muscles seize, and you are basically locked into place, standing there. Oh. <laughs> uh, how long does whole person last? Um... It's for the duration at the end of each of Ravnus's turns uh, can make another wisdom saving throw. And if she succeeds, the spell ends. Okay. So basically as long as it, it can go for upwards to a minute. Got it. Yeah. Okay. 
I'm gonna see if Hannah is gonna do anything with her held action. Um, can she do anything useful? She can try to turn you to stone. Uh, no. <laughs> Let's not go that far. I was gonna step in front of the blade, but I rolled a two. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she can't do anything. Uh, the, here's the dangerous part. It's Ravnus' turn again. So, Ravnus, you you are paralyzed, um, but at the end of your turn, you can make another wisdom saving throw. All right. That is not it. That's one. Okay. All right. Hannah is going to, on her actual turn now, going to move up to, uh, like, past Ravnus and going to help Amanthi pull this little mind flayer away through the doorway into the other room away from Ravnus. Flapwing, your turn. Um, I'm going to... Man. I guess I'm just going to start pulling Ravnus out the door. I don't know how likely that would be. I know she's heavy. Um, also, if I break line of sight, then... Um, so if you bring Ravnus around the corner, then this instantly stops. I'm not a spellcaster. I don't know that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, so I'm dragging her out the door. Yeah. Um, you can, uh, yeah, just make a uh, make another athletics check for me. We got 17. Yeah, you could move her half your movement, so like 15 feet. So I'd say that gets her to the door. Okay. You do kind of have to like lean her over backwards <laughs> like a statue I... and then like drag her. <laughs> sure. <laughs> my Also, my movement speed is 25 for some reason, so it's 12 and a half feet. Put me in the middle yeah. of that square. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's theater in the mind. Yeah, it doesn't I, matter. I There's no grid here. <laughs> Thank God. The grid has no power here. <laughs> okay. So you can see Marco through the doorway that it looks like this little mind flayer is now beginning to stir and wake up. And then Flapwing, as you're dragging Ravnus away, uh, clanks this huge warforge that's missing its lower jaw, like steps between the two of you and like the door to the back of the shop where the little mind flayer is recovering. So Marco, what are you doing now that appears uh, Flapwing is dragging her away? Um, so upon seeing that, um, the same time too, I don't want this thing, I, I don't want the mind flayer to get away. So now I'm torn. Um, Hannah is in there with it. Okay, I will. I will call. I will start off just by calling back to Hannah, saying, "Do not let them get away." Okay. All right. Um. Sure. Great. I'll explain <laughs> when you know we're not trying to kill each other. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't have time to explain this. I don't even think I have the physical capability. Wait, maybe I don't know. Okay. Um. <laughs> that's now Tanner enacting his best Marco. Right. Regardless, I'm going to try to move past clanks and i don't know what i could really say right now but um yeah i'm i'm just gonna maintain my whole person move forward um you're moving towards ravnus or yeah i'm gonna like move slightly well so you don't actually have to move around Clanks to get to Ravnus because you were just standing in the shop. Clanks has like put himself between the rest of the shop and the door to the back. I thought, uh, sorry, I misunderstood then. I thought Clanks stepped between me and Ravnus. No, between Ravnus and the gnome. Um, I'm going to back up to Clanks still holding person. Okay, sounds good. Okay, then we're back to Ravnus. All right, end of her turn. Try to break out of this. That's a two, so no. Okay. Uh, Flapwing, are you still dragging? Yeah. Okay. They're 12 and a half feet. <laughs> <laughs> are you saying anything while you do this, or are you just like, yeah, okay, I'm, just more like distance? I'm yelling out an apology to them. <laughs> like, I, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I don't know why she's doing this. I, I'm sorry. I think I would shout to Flapwing, talk to her, get her to stand down. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. I mean, now I'm... <laughs> Ravnus, Ravnus, we don't know anything about this situation. Just, like, take it easy for a second. Okay. Um, all right, Marco, anything new or just uh, posting up? Um, I think I'm going to approach um, you all, because, like, in my mind, Ravnus is just 
paralyzed. I can't I can't feel the internal like, you know, fighting. So I'm going to like after looking around approach um, Flapwing and Ravnus and say, Ravnus, listen, please, we don't understand what's happening. We could get a lot of valuable information if he's alive. At least give us a chance to talk to him. Ravnus, you can't speak physically, mm-hmm. but you guys do still have the telepathic connection. Mm. That's true. I don't think she's going to use it right now, though. Okay. I'm just reminding you that it's there. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Now, I think at this point, unless anything is going to fundamentally change with what you're doing, Marco and Flapwing, um, I think the well, we can just skip to the time running out on the whole person. Yeah. Okay. Actually, I would have one thing in between that. Sure. Is I would actually say telepathically to Ravnus, I will drop this if you can promise that we can talk to him first. Hmm. Um. She's going to say no back in the telepathic stuff. Okay, then we hold for the duration. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of my ideals. <laughs> I gotta stick to it. <laughs> I at least respect you holding to your guns. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, we're at a stalemate. Um, do you, Flapwing and Marco, do you guys take any precautions for when the spell inevitably runs out? Um, I don't know, Marco, do you have anything? Uh, I, I mean, we could tie her up, not that. How long does it last? Just a minute? Mm-hmm. No, no way. I would, nope. I would uh, say, I, I, I have slow, I could try to cast this again, but eventually I'm going to run out. Right. Um, we just need to. Uh, I'm gonna take her sword. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could you could do it. Um, she is paralyzed, so you do have to pry it out of her okay. hand. Um, but you could do it. Uh, you don't need to roll. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn to Marco and I'm gonna say, you need to talk her down. When you've when you talked her down, establish that mental link with me. I'm gonna go hide. And I'm taking her sword and just running. <laughs> is, is he taking all of her weapons or just her sword? Oh, shit. Yeah, what other weapons do you have? We're just going to hold Ravnus up by her ankles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm assuming you're taking the long sword because that's what she's been attacking and, with and what she usually uses. She and, has a javelin. She has a Jesus club. Christ. She has um, a crossbow with bolts. If it's and, obvious, or on no, your she person. has two javelins. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's obvious and on your person, then I will take it. Okay. Yeah, I don't think she's particularly hiding most of these. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is gonna be uh, <laughs> this is gonna be the start of Ravnus wanting to take levels in monk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Never again, Ezerath, chain me. Uh, <laughs> That's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I just imagine Flapwing running off down an alley with this lopsided, just pile of yeah. weapons in, yeah. his, in his hands. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. Uh, so you go run off and hide. Uh, Mark, are you doing anything else? Or um, I'm going to prepare myself to cast slow. Okay. Because that's why she can at least talk, but she'll be slowed down. Yeah. Now that you guys are like out in front of the shop, uh, you can see that uh, Clanks has now positioned himself like in front of the door of the shop. So I'm going to start saying to Ravnus as this is like ticking down. Yeah. It's like, Ravnus, listen, we don't know what's going on here. These are, you know, they're master manipulators. They have mind magic. They could have put that into your head. That is actually a mind flare when it's a, just a gnome. Like that could be a man that you're just murdering. And it'd be an easy way to get rid of us. Or at least you, who, let's be honest, you're the strongest. The whole person wears off. Ravnus. Yeah. It's your turn. She um, moves into sort of a defensive position from Marco and looks at uh, Clanks in front of the door and Marco. And Lucky has run off with all her weapons, <laughs> so she doesn't have anything. <laughs> I, I don't want to know what's going to happen in a fist fight, so there's that. <laughs> well, I, I know. Marco's like, don't punch me, I'll cry. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we don't 
No, it could be a mind flare. It could not be a mind flare. I thought that we were the only ones who they couldn't mess with our minds. There's still mind magic afoot. It could still be used. Though, granted, that's also a very good point. No, you know what? No, it's, now is not the time for the, you know, uh, logic. I'm not good at this. Um, <laughs> Ravnus, please. We can learn information at the bare minimum. And if he is a mind flayer, then you can cleave him in twain. And I will help you. She looks very tense. But this is her best buddy, Marco. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have any weapons right now, which will make this like a million <laughs> times harder. Uh-huh. She's going to look very conflicted and say, I'm not going to wait for long. Okay, give me five minutes. Fine. As Marco is like saying like five minutes, like backpedaling towards the robot, like like backpedals into him. Yeah. Ding. Um, yeah. She's going to start going in the direction of wherever Luckbeak went to try to find <laughs> Oh, please don't hurt me. <laughs> I'll send a quick telepathic message to Flapwing saying, I, I got her to stand down for five minutes. She's coming for you. No. <laughs> She's coming for you. <laughs> this is a horror movie all of a sudden. On the bright side, she doesn't have a weapon, so you're just going to get punched in the face. It'll be fine. Oh, but I have her weapons. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, everyone. Nick Yurisiva here, your dungeon master, and I don't know, just some guy. Thanks for listening to this fourth episode of Chapter 7 of Tales of the Voidfarer. As always, if you are enjoying Tales of the Voidfarer and all the other content we create here at Project Derailed, we'd be incredibly appreciative if you considered supporting us over on Patreon. With a single $5 subscription tier, get access to patron-exclusive Discord channels, extended Q&A episodes, and a whole extra podcast where the Derailed team just sits around and chats about whatever. And we know not everyone is able to pitch in, but you can always support the show at no cost to you by leaving a review on iTunes or simply spreading the word on social media. And as always, just thanks for listening. Visit patreon.com slash project derailed if you'd like to subscribe. You should give us a follow on social media if you haven't already at Voidfarer Podcast on Instagram and at Voidfarer Pod on Twitter. The newest edition of the Project Derailed podcast family, Into the Scoobyverse, is out now. Join our very own Fiona L.F. Kelly and Roger Page, who played Roxlam in one of the interludes a while back here on Tales of the Voidfair, as they discuss everything Scooby-Doo. New episodes land on the first and third Thursday of the month. Also, be sure to check out our other new derailed podcast, Cosmere and Coffee. Join Tom, Mike, and myself as we gauge in casual discussion of the interconnected worlds of author Brandon Sanderson. Our discussions continue as we talk about Tress of the Emerald Sea and dig into all of the interesting raffos and revelations in the most recent spoiler Q&A stream. Catch new episodes every second and fourth Mondays every month. Cape Chronicles Season 2 is fast approaching its conclusion. Tune in to experience all the superhero shenanigans and teenage angst as our good buddy Cliff leads Fiona, Chelsea, Roger, and myself in our ongoing game of Masks A New Generation. Catch new episodes of Cape Chronicles the first and third Wednesday every month. Spooky mysteries abound in fables around the table, greetings from hell. Fiona GMs an intriguing tale set in the small industrial town of Hell, Michigan, as our friends Caitlin, Roger, Annie, M, and Cliff navigate high school and some strange happenings around town in this Kids on Bikes adventure. New episodes of Fables Around the Table land on the second and fourth Wednesday every month. Come hang out with us on the Project Derailed Community Discord, where we are always hanging out, sharing memes, and playing games. Head to projectderailed.com discord to join in on the fun. Theme song and other original music by Tom Gothwaite with additional music by purple-planet.com. The next episode of Tales of the Voidfarer will land on Tuesday, March 21st. See you then. I got, I got to talk to, to the to the Warforge now, so... um, <laughs> He's standing there with his arms crossed, looking down at you. He is, like, three feet taller than you are. And Marco's a tall boy. 
to start. We did it. <laughs> yeah, good job, team. Um, second, my friend's in there, and I would like to talk with her. And third, I would like to help the gentleman that was just injured by um, my shipmate. By that lady we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Make a persuasion check. Okay. Uh, what's my persuasion? Uh, 14? You say that in this uh, this Warforged, which, like, you, you have the memory of, of this Warforged very uh, delicately picking up rations off the floor of the cargo hold to feed his sick gnome friends is standing very imposingly and you say this and it doesn't he doesn't react right away and then he does step aside and you can actually see that Hannah has like walked up to the door like behind him um, and looks at you and uh, kind of like glances over your shoulder uh, did you get her under control? For five minutes at least and that gives us time to prepare five minutes great she like steps aside to let you in Okay. I looked at Hannah. I remember Hannah has the knowledge, right, of the Mind Flayer still? Yeah, for whatever reason, and you're not 100% sure why, uh, but Hannah is, like you guys, immune to the mind-affecting effects of a Sovereign Mind. The gnome looks like a small Mind Flayer. Uh, yes, uh, and uh, he he does appear to actually be um, a small Mind Flayer. And uh, there's another one back there, too. There's two? Yeah, not exactly the same. It's different. It's weird. Like a regular mind flayer or a... No. Smaller, less like here. Come on. And you go back through and you can see that Stubbins Fluke Gadget, uh the small mind flayer is like now in a chair. His shirt is like ripped open, but you can see the wounds beneath are now healed. And Amanthe is sitting there tending to him. And once you're back there, and it looks like it's a workshop slash like storage area, and there's a staircase that goes up that you presume to like an apartment above. And you see kind of like crouched on the staircase is another mind flare looking creature, slightly smaller than even the gnome mind flare that Ravnus attacked. But its tentacles coming off of its face are disproportionately large, and it's almost using it to walk more than it's using its actual, like, arms and legs. And it, it's, like, sitting there, like, crouched on the stairs, like, kind of watching what's happening. Amanthe uh, looks up to you. What got into your friend? Um, I, I have no idea. It, it, uh, you saw how, I don't even know what just happened. I'm still in shock myself. Um... Coming in here screaming about Niagi and then attacking my pa. Um, I look over to Hannah and try to kind of give a gesture of like, deal with her for a few minutes. I only have like so much time. Yeah, she will like kind of crouch down next to Amanthe and she says, it's, it's all right. Um, there's obviously some strange things occurring and we're trying to get to the bottom of it. She like leads Amanthe away from her, her father and says, here, why don't I make you a cup of tea? Um, Mr. Flute Gadget, I, we have about five minutes until my colleague comes back or whenever my colleague is able to obtain her swords again and return. Um, what? She, she's coming back? His eyes get wide. So <laughs> I'm going to cut to the chase real quick. Why are you a mind flayer and what's going on with this one? What are you talking about? Well, whenever I'm looking at you, I do not see a gnome. I see an illithid. He looks dumbfounded. You don't know if he understands what you're saying. He just looks very confused. Um, but then he'll say, in, in response to Darkane, um, well, I recovered from our sickness. Um, it appears that he suffered from more lasting effects, and he's never been quite the same. It's unfortunate, but we've been taking care of him. Can I roll an insight check to see if he's fucking with me right now? Yeah, go for it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, uh, dirty twenty. Dirty twenty? Uh, no, he seems to be sincere as as best as you can read the uh mind flare tentacly uh facial expression. Yeah, he appears to be um telling the truth. You get the distinct impression he does not realize he is a mind flare. Oh, um. Can I make an Arcana check to see if I know what the fuck's happening here? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. 
Uh, well, that's disappointing. Ten? Ten? Yeah, you're not sure. To the best of your knowledge, like, the way Ceramorphosis works, as you understand it, is a tadpole is implanted in the brain of a host. And then that host undergoes a transformation into a mind flare. And as far as you're aware, it doesn't really matter what, like, species the host was, so long as they're humanoid, and the end resulting mind flare will be more or less identical to every other mind flare. So a halfling, for example, infected with a mind flare tadpole will transform into a fully seven foot tall mind flare, the same as a human or an elf or anything else. This is something weird and some sort of abnormality to your best guess, but you don't have any clue of what the specifics could be. Okay. Um, so let me ask you something. Did you and Durkheim here have any encounters with any, like, strange tadpoles? Like, ever end up in a place where you don't really remember what happened to you for a few days? Well, before coming here to Crot Space, um, the vessel that Darkane and I was on, um, ran into some trouble, um, but we were able to be rescued, and we both fell sick shortly after that, but we assumed it it was some illness that was spread amongst the crew we were sharing a vessel with and didn't think much of it. I recovered. Um, Darkane, as I said, unfortunately had some lasting effects, but he's alive. Um... Was Clanks with you at that time? No, we all met Clanks aboard the Stoic Gondolier. Okay, okay. Um, hmm. starting to put at least some pieces together. So, can I make a medicine check? <laughs> yeah. Uh, to see if I can like tell if this is some sort of failed ceramorphosis. Yeah. Um, uh, and with the information you have, you can make that medicine check at advantage. Ooh, thank you, because that would have been awful. Because you are asking the right questions. <laughs> okay, that's a uh, 19. Yeah, you think that's exactly what happened. And as you think about it, you have enough to hypothesize that there's, all, there's something innately magical about gnomes and the way they work and the way they think. And you speculate that perhaps that in inherent nature of gnomish biology may have disrupted the normal ceramorphosis process. Okay, so I'm going to send a telepathic note to Flapwing and Ravnus. Sure. Before you do that, I will add that the one thing you know about ceramorphosis from your studies previously is that there is not any remnant of the person that the host was previously. Like, when they are born a mind flare, they are now a mind flare. Uh, they have no memory of their past lives. They are no longer that person. Um, that doesn't appear to be the case here, because Stubbins clearly remembers who he is, and as best you could tell, still has his same personality. Okay. So I'm gonna say, Ravnus, um, Flapwing, this is a case of a failed ceramorphosis event. It seems that for a variety of different reasons that Stubbins was attempted to be ceramorphized into a mind flayer. And in addition to that, it failed. So Stubbins now exists in this quasi realm where he remain he maintains his Nomanity, I guess. <laughs> Nomanity. <laughs> I love that. Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, oh, the new Nomanity. Oh, the Nomanity. <laughs> <laughs> he maintains his Nomanity, um, but still looks like a partial mind flare because the, the process was disrupted. Um, In my head, this works like uh, less like a conversation and more like a walkie-talkie. So as soon as Marco is done talking, Luck's uh -huh. Be Luckbeak's voice cuts in with, ah, is she close? Sorry, <laughs> Marco, I didn't hear anything you said. 
<laughs> oh god, was that a noise? <laughs> I'm so scared, Marco. <laughs> that, that's an interesting point of order. Ravnus, make a survival check. Mm. I was half expecting <laughs> to call and just yeah. like hear the sound of Flapwing <laughs> being choked. <laughs> survival. Oh, I'm pretty good at that. Great. But that's not a very good roll. That is a 10. Sure. Uh, Flapwing, make a stealth check retroactively. Oh, boy. Okay. Uh, stealth, stealth. I got a 11. Oh. <laughs> Flapwing, you are hiding in an alley. You found like a large barrel that was mostly empty that was large enough to fit you and all of Ravnus's stuff. Okay. And you're sitting there looking through the bunghole as Ravnus is standing three feet away from you, not knowing where you are. Oh, okay. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> But in the telepathic <laughs> stuff, don't they like see each other? Like where not each other are? Yeah, not the communication part. Okay. Like like there is like kind of like this astral like ephemera that kind of exists in like your peripheral vision, but there isn't like the tether that happens when you're transferring vitality. Gotcha. That would be a good way to find like, uh, And you haven't unlocked the uh, the ability yet to uh, instantly teleport to each other, as Ugh. you've told that is a thing that is on the way. No. Terrifying. Thank God. <laughs> I don't want to. Surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> horrible find my iPhone shit you have going on. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, so you get that message from Marco, uh, Flapwing, you have not been found yet. Okay. Don't say yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. Dot, dot, dot. Yeah. Uh, Nick, do you mind if I ask you a quick question about, sure. like, the Deer Anchorage? Yeah. What's the, what's the rules on murder? <laughs> <laughs> Probably frowned upon, I would assume. Yeah, frowned upon. Uh yeah, so the way Nadir Anchorage works is the closest thing to a government is the Salvagers Guild, and they basically, like, enforce anything like that. So there's, like, probably not specific, like, laws, but doing stuff like that, uh, like, the Salvagers Guild is like, kind of taken on the role of keeping the peace. So if a respected shop owner were to, like, complain that ruffians you know, stormed into their shop and attempted to kill their father, the Salvagers Guild would probably react strongly to that. Oops. In the form of, you know, capturing and executing um, you. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> With the wonder triplets again. Yeah. Well, this time they have righteous fury. Yeah. But an attempted murder is probably not going to be uh, taken too kindly to. Whoops. <laughs> so um so yeah marco sent that message did you guys uh reply in any way or or no uh Luckbeak replied <laughs> um ravnus is going to say so what do we do what's the plan well they're not mind flayers so also ravnus he uh he, marco's talking in the plural Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Whatever happened, their ceramorphosis failed, so they kind of exist in this quasi-state, but they seem to have maintained their nomanity. So, at this point, since everybody would see them as gnomes, including themselves, um, we would, you would be tried for capital murder, Ravnus, if you killed them. So we're supposed to leave a nest of mind flayers here. They're not mind flayers. Like they're, like I said, they're they're still gnomes. Like they see themselves as gnomes. That means they're not one of the illithid. The illithid they they change whenever they ceramorphize. They all change to the same thing. This thing is small and stubby. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not using sending right now because that would have been a hell of a thing to say next to him. Yep. His name is Stubbins. <laughs> <laughs> he lives up to his name. Yep. So, what are you saying we do? I'm saying it's probably for the best that we leave them be for now. They're by your own code, they're not mind flayers. 
they they miraculously survived being transformed into a mind flare. Might I suggest that we have someone keep an eye on them to make sure that they're not tricking me right now? I'm going back to the ship, and she's going to storm off. <laughs> back to uh, the Voidfarer. Hannah is going to look at you, Marco, from across the room where she had conjured a cup of tea for Amanthe and kind of give you like a, a questioning thumbs up. <laughs> Marco gives the like middling thumbs up, kind of like where it's like <laughs> shaking up and down <laughs> and says, um, well, I'll explain later, but she's not coming back to do anything. I am so sorry about what happened. I... I don't know what has gone on, but um, I just got a sending from my colleague who has been able to restrain her. Um, Amanthe says, well, thank you for intervening. Um, I don't know what would have happened otherwise. And I hope whatever is going on with your friend gets resolved. I, I remember meeting her back on the Stoic Gondolier, and she helped out Clanks get food for us. It's disturbing to see her act like this now yes this is bizarre i've uh, i am so sorry um about everything listen if i feel awful about this we all do would you mind if if hannah and i could maybe come around every now and again maybe bring some food or you know drinks or something you know just as a sign of recompense sure um i think that would be all right would that be all right with you baja and uh, he, he looks up and goes, I, I think that would be agreeable. Um, I'm going to look over to Durkheim real quick and say, how are you feeling, my friend? He kind of looks like he got distracted at some point, was like staring off into space. And when you address him, his eyes like snap and look at you. And then he just goes <laughs> and goes up the steps and runs away. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> yes, so we'll... Um, we should be going, and we'll we'll make sure that our colleague does not come around for some time until uh, she has her faculties with her. All right. Again, thank you again. Um, it's a lot to take in. I'm still a little in shock. And as soon as you guys leave, uh, Hannah is going to look at you and say, so that was something. Um, yes, yeah. Sorry, it's all come crashing in now that the adrenaline's worn off. Yeah. Um, so she did mention some things to me about the situation that you probably should know. Okay. Um, should I wait for Flapwing to return, or let me just fill him in? Oh, where did he run off to? He's probably <laughs> in a trash can somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You'd be saying that no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not metagaming. It's just, it's just, uh, just knowing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Flapwing, do you, uh, do you meet back up with them? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I say she's, she's not back there, is she? <laughs> okay, I'm going to run really fast and come back. And then I run like yeah, I'm running out of the basement. Uh, <laughs> you know, when you think something might be behind you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Turn off the light and run. Yeah, exactly. this would be an awful time for you us to finally realize we could use teleport. <laughs> Shit. Uh, yeah, Hannah said, "Yeah, um, Amanthe was just she was talking about just her father's recovery. That you know, one day he just was better. Apart from the strange liking for goat brain curry." Um, and he has complained about hearing voices every now and again, but other than that, he's been acting himself. Same can't be said for the brother. It appears that much of his personality is kind of gone. He's nonverbal and almost more animalistic, but harmless, it sounds like. Do you, Okay, I was about to say, so, okay, he's harmless. Well, I mean, there's so much to take in. I mean, this is... Do you ever heard of anything about anybody surviving Ceramorphosis once the process has begun? Uh, let me roll for Hannah. Um, she goes, 
there's been some musings. Um, I don't know a whole lot of details, though. It appears the process might just be more complicated when it comes to gnomes. But if that were the case, it'd be something that the Mind Flayers would be aware of, right? And, I mean, based on my knowledge, it in my ceremophysis on gnomes would just fail, not this. This is something. So, it, seem, it seems like something halted the process. Something non... Either their own physiology helped assist, but maybe something actually stopped it from happening. Like, the... You know, Ceramorphosis creature was removed. It's possible. I just don't think we have enough information. No, we need more. But if he's hearing voices, do you think he's do you think he's on some level maybe have access to the Mind Flayer's hive mind in some way? You know, he might. I think you're right. I don't know. Um we're gonna need to come back at least a couple of times to talk with them in a less tense situation, so... Yeah. No, the two of us and maybe Flapwing could easily make the trip. I don't think that Ravna should be coming back here anytime soon. Is Flapwing back yet? Yeah, Flapwing's back. Oh, okay. Alright. It's a lot to carry all this stuff. <laughs> yes! Okay. So, what, what happened? Is the guy okay? He'll be fine. Okay, good. Yikes. Um, alright, I assume the rest is like a lot of technical science-y stuff? More or less in a mix of the mystic. Okay, alright. Long story short, luckily Stubbins was able to maintain most of his personality. Durkheim, the other one, was not so lucky. He's more or less just an animal now, but... They might have some connection to the hive mind. Oh, well, that's useful, I guess. Could we, I don't know, do something to them to try and, um, you know, get to the bottom of, of where the, the sovereign mind is? I think that's the idea. We could come back and keep chatting with them, see, you know, more about the voices. I was just saying to Hannah, it might be better to come whenever there's a less tense situation than what just unfolded. Right. Yeah, great idea. Okay. And we should probably go try to smooth things over with Ravenous now. Oh, boy. Okay. And at least return her weapons. Yeah. All right, let's do it. All right. Ravenous. Mm-hmm. Were you, were you going back to the ship? Yes. Okay. Yeah, so you head back into the Sutler Ward to the Kindori's Cradle the tavern that serves as the cover for the secret entrance to the tunnels below that head back to the Voidfarer. And you spot Ezerath, and it immediately strikes you that she's acting a little weird. She has her hood up, and she's acting like she's trying to not be spotted, but you happen to be looking in the right way at just the right time to spot her with your passive perception. She's going to go over to her. And uh, say, what are you doing? Yeah, I think uh, she's glancing the other direction, like looking for an opening to kind of dart across the street. And you walk up behind her and she jumps. You scared the shit out of me. Sorry. What? What did you say? What are you doing? I'm trying to figure out who the Githzerai sent here to Nadir Anchorage. There's a new temple. I just heard wind. Oh. Is that a bad thing? I mean, considering that I disobeyed uh, orders to go investigate what was happening on the vizier, if they catch me, they will try to send me back to Shroklor in limbo, and um, I'm not too eager for that. That's true. What are you up to? Where are your weapons? Luckbeak took them. <laughs> <laughs> does sound like something he would do. Was there any particular reason? <laughs> she she thinks about that and she says, yes. You're not going to elaborate? You wouldn't understand. I mean, I don't typically use weapons um, other than she holds up her fists. So maybe in that regard I wouldn't, but what's going on? Huh. <laughs> How is she going to answer this? 
Um, she's going to say, uh, huh. Marco said that there was a failed seramorphosis. Or I tried to kill the gnome that it happened to, but they told me not to. So now I'm just coming back to the Voidfarer. Ezerath cocks an eyebrow and she goes, failed seramorphosis. Ooh. How usually that doesn't result in a living creature. She shrugs. I don't know. I guess it did this time. Where? (laughs) (laughs) This is exactly what she wanted, but now she has to, like, actually consider the consequences. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Damn it. Oh, no, your consequences have actions. (laughs) I know. Shit. Uh-huh. Jesus. Um, I gave them a little bit of time to figure it out. All right. But I told them that if something happens or, you know, that I would go back and finish the job. Apparently there's more than one. Well, if there's mind flayers under your anchorage, they can't be allowed to remain. Marco says that they're not actually mind flayers, that... It was a failed seramorphosis. Hmm. <laughs> Ezerath looks conflicted. Well, Marco does usually know what he's talking about. I trust your judgment on it. All right. I can look into the gifts or eye stuff if you want, if you can't, by the way. She looks surprised and she says, you would do that for me. Yeah. She'll nod. All right. Yeah. I'd appreciate that. What do you need? Just like the names? Yeah. And if they have any particular motives for setting up a base of operations here, and they're probably not going to take kindly to you just showing up. Um. Well, Marco and Luckbeak owe me a favor now, so. All right. And she'll stand there for an awkward second and just go, um, thank you. Yeah. And if you need help with whatever this seramorphosis issue is. I'll let you know. Good. And she will turn and dash off. All right. Um, she is going to, um, mentally text, uh, Luckbeak and Marco, and say, um, Ezerath can understand us about the mind flayers now. I told her about the failed seramorphosis, but not where they were. And I told her what Marco said, so she's going to hold off for now. Oh. (laughs) I I think it just get back the, like, beleaguered. Okay, thanks for letting me know. (laughs) (laughs) Thumbs up. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And she's also going to say, I want to look into the Githsarai here. Apparently they've set up a new temple. I want to find out their names and their reasons for showing up. Okay. If you all would like to help with that as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to. All right. And then she's going to go, I think, look at where this where this even is, try to find out. Sure. Yeah, so Ezra didn't say. Yeah. So she's just wandering. <laughs> yeah. Um, go ahead and just make a uh you can make a survival check, or you can always try to uh, ask around. I think she's gonna do survival. Um she did just try to kill someone, so I don't think she wants to go talk to a bunch of people. <laughs> <laughs> you do probably have like this uh like dark violet blood all over me. All yeah. over you, yeah. Yep. Weird how Ezra just accepted that. <laughs> yeah, no, no questions. <laughs> no weapons covered in blood. That's yep. about right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she did she didn't know something was up. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. What did you get on the survival check? 23. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can uh you kind of wander around and it, it takes you probably like an hour, but you do find the place in the guild's ward. So you kind of have to meander your way up from the mooring ward into the sutler ward 
through that into the guilds where the very top of Nadir Anchorage. And you do, in fact, find the Sanctum of Zerthamon, which is a Githzerai monastery that has been newly established in the guilds ward. The Sanctum of what? Zerthamon. Okay. Um, she is going to go inside. Yeah. You walk in and this building, it looks like the walls of it used to be the side hull of a massive ship of the line, but the top deck and like the roof is basically torn away in all but like the outer edge, kind of creating this like kind of triangular courtyard that it looks like dirt and sand has been dumped in here onto the planks, creating like a training yard. And there is a large stone, um, actual stone, that is sitting across from the entrance on the far side. And you see a figure sitting in a meditative position on top of it. Okay. And it appears that uh, she has her back to you. Okay. She's going to walk up and just say, Hi. <laughs> <laughs> The figure does not move and does not turn. Daughter of Vlacketh, you are not welcome here. Oh, shit. That's going to freak her out a little bit. <laughs> hmm. She's, she takes a step back and instinctively goes to her sword, which she does not have. Yeah. And um, realizes she doesn't have it and assess her options for a second. And she's going to say, who are you? Why is this all here now? <laughs> you can call me Vash Krizala. I am the headmaster at this temple. And we are here to ensure the safety of all of the people that are here from threats like Elithids. And like you. <laughs> um, she's going to say, I don't think I'm as much of a threat as the Mind Flayers. Be that as it may, you are still a threat. Your kind pillages through wild space, killing and taking what you want. You are an embarrassment to our kind. Fine. And she's going to leave <laughs> if she's allowed to. Yeah. You turn and you actually see kind of like in the shadows um, about six others that were just waiting. Oh, shit. And I think as you turn and notice them, I think uh, you hesitate for a moment, um, but they don't move as you go to exit. Yeah, she's going to uh, exit quickly because she if she answered both questions, she went in there asking. <laughs> so that's all I needed. Uh, <laughs> that's enough for Azeroth, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. <laughs> so you leave there, um, Flapwing, Marco, and Hannah. Were you guys just going back to Kandori's cradle? You don't have any idea that Ravnus went elsewhere. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Here's how I think that played out where, like, says, like, I need your help with, like, Gizarai. And then they're just like, she didn't say where she was going. Right, back to the ship. We could, we could, we could talk to her. We could. Ask her. But she's really angry with us, so. Yeah, that's a good point. Let's <laughs> let her cool off. Yeah, let's let it, let's let that end on a positive note that she still wants to, like, spend time with us. Yeah, okay, good call. All right, then we go back to Kendori's Cradle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you guys head back to Kendori's cradle. Flapwing, you're still holding all of Ravnus's uh -huh. stuff. Lugging them. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like teetering one way or the other as you as you walk. Uh, Marco, Hannah, not helping. No. <laughs> Eventually, at some point, be like, "Do you need a hand with that?" Um, if you don't mind. Yeah, we'd probably both take a little bit. Oh, thank God. Sure. Okay. 
Yeah, you've waited all the way until you've gotten back to the <laughs> mooring ward before that happens. <laughs> so, Marco, as you take uh, extra spect uh, Ravenous's sword off the pile of stuff that Flapwing is carrying, um, it slips in its sheath slightly, and you see the sword is glowing purple. Oh, you've got to be fucking kidding me. What, what, what? what? The sword's glowing. No. Yes. No. Yeah. Not, no, I said no. <laughs> Breaking news. Increased sightings of a mysterious graffiti symbol have residents of Hell, Michigan nervous. While some may say this could be from local teen pranksters, others worry that the symbols could mean something more. Could there be a connection to the teen pop idol Ricky Q who disappeared in Hell last year? More information after the break. Then she would also ask if you saw the latest. He thinks that some sort of like power is being drained. Oh god, it's even at Jesus Christ? You you still pass the couple places where you have seen these symbols. Uh, breaking in? She gives him like a sideways glance. To follow this story and more, check out Fables Around the Table, Greetings from Hell, wherever you get your podcasts. Why do you want to be a hero? Yeah, she's gonna sort of like uh, drop down out of the sky and try to kick him like, you know, square in the chest. Look, I don't know what you're fucking trying to do here, but I don't make deals with enemies who put grenades in a box like they're the $5 movie bin. Release Miss Terry, or you all will be the ones that are extinct. I don't know if I can have an honest conversation with Royale as a corgi. You're right, it's fucking not funny. I mean, literally no one would find this funny. Remix, use the dragon filter, that would make it funny. It's just like man standing emoji. Just T-posing in the corner. <laughs> Who is your contact? Benchmark. Who? Hey, I just need Buzz Nest for like one minute, and then you guys can go back to whatever you were doing. Check out Season 2 of Cape Chronicles starting Wednesday, October 5th, every first and third Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. File folders contain important information. Hey, I'm Saker. And I'm Evan. And our podcast is It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Hey, what's that podcast about, Ev? So, do you know of a band called Bare Naked Ladies? One week. Yeah, yeah, that's one of them. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I know yeah, of them. Did you ever want to learn more about them? Or... Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, then this is the podcast for you because we teach you nothing with various guests. Yeah, like uh, like Matt Besser. Holy we shit. climbed in a second-story window and partied in this house where we barely... Didn't know at all the people. That was crazy. Holy fuck, Mike Mitchell! Why? Well, I, I don't know how how like how much you guys really do love bare naked ladies. Justin McElroy, grab your tongue, grab your tongue, and I want you to say Our "born tongue. on a pirate ship." Born on a pirate ship. You were born on a pile of shit, and many more. So check it out. But also, if you don't like bare naked ladies, we talk about them probably like a third of the time. So. Uh, yes. That's every Tuesday, wherever fine podcasts are sold. We can make a board game about it. ProjectDerailed.com